and welcome to this latest edition of Balcambo, the first edition of Balcambo. I'm your host, Alan Ramich, as always, on the Lakerside Charts feed, and I am delighted to welcome you to this new venture that I am starting. Balcambo will be a deep dive into all about these players from the Balkans, how they started their stories on getting to the NBA, amongst other things. Before we get into the current players in the NBA, we have to talk about just how basketball became such a phenomenon and more importantly, how Balkan players became such a phenomenon within the NBA. And with that, I will be doing a prologue series on five players who I think are trailblazers within the Balkan basketball community in certain ways. And the first thing I want to tell you guys is to play in the Balkans, to be to be a basketball player, to succeed. That built different thing, it doesn't just mean for sports guys. <laughs> These guys are just built different. And, and throughout this show, throughout this series, I, I, I hope that I will take you on this journey with me whereby you will be able to see that as well, just how different they are built. So without further ado, I, I, hope, I really hope you do enjoy this series because I've put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, we will be having guests on hopefully at the various times. But all, all in all, I want to tell you these stories that I don't think a lot of people within the States or even outside of the Balkan community really even know about. And even if you do know about it, I think it's just a fun jog down memory lane for you as well. The first episode will be, in my opinion, the trailblazer for Balkan basketball within the NBA. And that is Mr. Hall of Famer, Vlade Divac himself. Uh, roll the tape. Vlade Divac, the legend, was born on the 3rd of February 1968 in the small town of Yugoslavia, as it was then Priepole, to father Milenko and mother Radmila. From a young age, Vlade was very, very happy to have been playing basketball, and he was always one of the taller people in his small town. So basketball came to him like like anything does really you know to, to these great players it was you know it was his it was his destiny to play and he started playing in his hometown of Priepolje for Košarkaški club Elan and from there that's where his career started and back then in Yugoslavia if you didn't play for one of the big teams that's Partizan, that's Red Star Belgrade, that's Sibona Zagreb, Bosna Sarajevo, uh, Yugoplastica, just to name a few. Um, no offense to anyone I did not put in that category. If you did not play for one of those teams, it was very rare that you would actually make a career out of it. 
Vlade from there, from Elan, he went to Sloga in Kraljevo, which is again another small town in Serbia, back then it was Yugoslavia. And from there, he played a really good game against Red Star, and as Vlade said himself, there was only one dream for him as a young lad, and that was to play for Partizan Belgrade, which is what happened for him in 1986. From there, he played with a lot of guys that we'll get to later as well. Uh, Alexander Djordjevic being one of them, uh, Jarko Pashpal, Jelko uh, Bradovic, who is now, uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys know, is one of the greatest European coaches of all time. And they were very widely known back then in the Yugoslavia of having a dream team, which subsequently brought them that title of the Yugoslav League winners. And then in the season after that, while they were also one of the favourites to win in 87-88 the EuroLeague title, they did not come top. They lost to Maccabi Tel Aviv in the semi-final, which was a disappointment. And from there, Yugoplastica uh, took over from Partizan themselves, which I mentioned earlier, one of the really strong teams. That, that were around in Europe and Yugoslavia back then with two guys, Dino Rajan, Tony Kukoc, Moron, Tony Kukoc in a future episode and also later on when we talk about the Yugoslav national team. Divac, whilst being a very good player, was very unusual in the way that he did play basketball. You know, he was very tall at seven foot one, which, you know, people would expect even back then in the 80s in particular, regardless whether it was NBA or Europe, to be a very slow, very cumbersome type of player. But in actuality, he was very mobile on the court, uh, had really, really good, nice control, was an excellent ball handle, handler, was a really nice shooter of the ball. Sometimes he'd range would, would extend to three-point range. And from there... He was also a fantastic playmaker and, you know, well, we will get onto the Nikola Jokic's of the world later on in this series. And with Jokic, he, if it wasn't for a Vlade Divac, I really, really believe that Nikola Jokic wouldn't exist in today's NBA because these guys looked up to a guy like Vlade. And, you know, he was very quirky on the floor. Um, you know, he, he was... He was one, honestly, after Avidas Zabonis, he was probably the most sought after big man in Europe because of the way he was just so different to the rest of the league. And from there comes, you know, the beginnings of his NBA career. So from here, Vlade in his final year with Partizan won the Yugoslav Cup in 1989, again being one of the main players at just a young age of 21. And like what happens now in the NBA, uh, in the NBA draft, these young European guys, they declare, especially the guys with big hype like Vlade Divac. But we got to put ourselves in the mindset of 1989. Yugoslavia was still a socialist country. Not many people left the country to play elsewhere. 
So this was a really, really big step in the in the sort of culture that has become, you know, prevalent in uh, Balkan or ex-Yugoslavian basketball or however you want to discuss it. Um, he did enter the draft. You know, there was a huge, huge hype around coming out him, him coming out of Europe. But then you got to understand the NBA was different back then. There wasn't guys going and getting picked top five from Europe. There wasn't this, you know, huge reputation of European guys being really good in the league because there wasn't any, you know, it was predominantly American league by then. Of course, you had like the, the exceptions of Hakeem Olajuwon, but again, he played in American college. So unless you played in college, they didn't really trust you in America at this point. So he took a huge leap of faith. And also the Lakers took a huge leap of faith in Vlade, pricking him 26 overall to join and be the new center for the Lakers. He didn't start his first year much, but was under me immediately put under the guise of Magic and Kareem. And obviously Magic, we all know the player Magic Johnson was, he was a huge proponent of Vlade and the way he played basketball, which was huge for a guy like Vlade coming out of Europe. Um, so with that, he fit in seamlessly and also under that Kareem had just retired but was still in really really great um, relationships with the Lakers front office and organization so he also helps Vlade so Vlade while he didn't play much as he would do in his you know further career for the Lakers he still played all 82 games he only started five averaged around 20 minutes a game which for a rookie coming out of Europe is a big thing you know it really was a big 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 um vote of confidence from the lakers and vladi saying you know we're going to give you time to develop as our first round pick you know just coming off that disappointing finals that the lakers did have that year uh and but and then lakers even with kareem retiring that year still finished number one so it was a great 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 a situation for Vlade himself to actually develop in that Lakers organization. Whilst the Lakers got knocked out in the semi-finals, I'm sure if Vlade was talking to you, he'd say that in that first, you know, that first season was a big step, you know, for him getting emancipated into the NBA and seeing what the culture's like. So that was huge for him. The second season is where Vlade really shined, however, um, where he sort of came out the the, the, the box, as you will. Um, so he played all 82 games again, started 81, which again is huge. He saw his minutes increase to 28.2. So again, amazing, you know, jump in minutes. And again, you know, a guy who the Lakers fans really grew to love. You know, a guy who played basketball the right way. And I know we're used to it now, seeing how big guys handle the ball and whatnot. But back then, you got to remember, it wasn't a thing that, you know, we saw a lot. So this was really, really a great time, you know, for Vlade, you know, to develop, playing against, two, playing with, sorry, two Hall of Famers in Magic Johnson and James Worthy that could help take his game to the next level. Um, and then from there, if we go to, we'll just round off the third season in Vlade's career, that's where, you know, the injury spoke sort of hit him. And we'll go on to his prime next after we talk about what I think was the most important part of him becoming a real player, the Yugoslav national team.
without a doubt, the thing that brought Divac into the limelight the most, um, even more so I'd argue, than playing for Partizan, was his performance for the Yugoslav national team. Now, he started playing for them straight out the bat at 18 years old, and he was invited by the head coach, Krešimir Čošč, who was, you know, really a fantastic, a Hall of Fame head coach, you know, the guys that he coached and got the maximum out of is just, the list is endless. Um, but, you know, there, there, he was, in the 1986 World Cup is where he really made his first impression. And unfortunately for Yugoslavia, they did get knocked out just before the um, the, the final by the Soviet Union. Um, the Soviets were a more experienced team back then. They had the legendary Avida Sabonis amongst others at that point in time. So they were a force to be reckoned with. And for a young Yugoslav team, while it brought them a sort of a sour taste in their mouth, um, it was a definite message for them that they could definitely, definitely, definitely compete with a team of their ilk. So that only provided more positives for them going forward. Um, obviously from there, um, it this generation was just special, man. And we'll, we'll talk about three of them in this Pioneer series. That's, that's how special this generation was. In this generation, you had Jarko Pashpal, who I've already mentioned, uh, Sasha Georgievich, Alexander Georgievich even, um, is, is his full name, uh, the wonderful Dino Raja, Tony Kukoc, and the guy he was closest with, which was Drajan Petrovic. And they had a chemistry on the court. I, I recommend you go back and watch all their games because they were so, so much fun to watch together. I, I really, really, I really recommend it. You know, they are magnificent, magnificent to watch. Um, so from there, you know, Diva still played at the junior level. Uh, which just a testament to how much the guy loved basketball and just how much he wanted to improve his game. And from there, it was all sort of building up to 1989. The 1989 Eurobasket was held in Yugoslavia. And for these guys, you got to understand this, there was no higher pra praise than get playing for your national team. And for them to be competing to be this good in a in a euro basket on your own turf meant something and they were definitely definitely not going to let this opportunity pass them by and to be honest with you you know while Drajan Petrovic stole the headlines and deservedly so Divac was arguably the second best player on that team and you know so much so they saw their dominance by beating Greece 98-77 in the final and that never happened back in the day, you know. That that team was unbelievable by Greece. Um, they they really had a strong strong team. Nikos Galis, I'm sure a lot of you know, of, or have heard of in the past. Um, so this that was that was the first message by that Yugoslavian national team that look we're here, we're serious players, we want to play, you know, we we, we want to be a force to be reckoned with. And th this is sort of where his re relationship with Drajan Petrovic took the next level because they were always close, they were always together. But winning that first Euro basket was where it went into overdrive. And, you know, whilst they were in America as well, that's when they sort of, you know, got really close. And we'll talk about that, you know, in the next part, because I feel like that's really vital to, you know, the Drajan and Vlade's relationship. But before we go into that even further, 
we have to touch on the 1990 World Championships in Argentina, um, where Drajan, Kukoc and Divac, all three of them led them to a to a world title where, you know, no one really thought that they'd win. That's <laughs> um, the Soviet Union were at their strongest. Um, the Americans, whilst they weren't, you know, NBA players there, there were some really, really good players there. Kenny Anderson, um, to name a few, you know, uh, Oscar Schmidt was playing for Brazil at that time. So the, the level of competition was really, really phenomenal. You know, Nikos Gallis was still playing for Greece in 1990 as well. So the level of competition that they faced to win that world title was, you know, um, I, I'd say it was bigger than what, you know, the, the World title Championship was a few years back. So uh, it was really, a, a, for a country, this is where we're going to have to go into a bit of the political side of things, which, you know, you can't avoid, which, you know, for a country that was fraying at the seams, the Yugoslavia, this was going to be a moment of unity until the moment that disheveled all that sort of, it just kicked everything off into overdrive. So, one thing you need to understand, in Yugoslavia or the Balkans that I'm considering, there is seven entities of people who are very um, high-fueled in passion for their, where they're from. Um, so with that, it was sort of a testament to humans and living in harmony and the leader of Josip Broz Tito who, who really enforced all that and it was it was a it was a really harmonious country but by this time in 89-90 the relationships were straying Tito had been dead for about 10 years again I don't really want to make this about politics I want to make this about basketball but I feel like I've got to give you this background um, especially for you guys that don't know about it so the seven entities are Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Serbia, Macedonia, Montenegro and Kosovo. Um, so with that, a lot of people to keep happy, a lot of different ethnicities. One thing that brought the people always ask, why are people so great when, you know, how, how are they so dedicated to the game of basketball? It's one thing that brought all religions, all creeds, all races together. Like if you look at the Yugoslav national team, it was a microcosm of the way people lived. You had Bosnians who were predominantly Muslims. You had Serbians who were predominantly Christian Orthodox. You had uh, Croatians and Slovenians who were predominantly Catholic. Montenegrins uh, are either uh, a lot of them are orthodox there are a lot of muslims same with the kosovans macedonians are predominantly christian as well orthodox so when you add it was a melting pot and when you look at all that and you look the two that were the greatest friends in that team were definitely definitely vlade and drajan petrovic you know you had tony kukoc and dino raja but when you look at on court and off court there was not two guys that were closer than vlade and drajan 
and from that you know they, they, they went to basically they were in the NBA at the same time as well and in 1990 at the end of the world championship final where it was a huge celebration for Yugoslav basketball because they had finally reached the mountaintop they beat America they beat you know the Soviet Union they were there they were finally the best team in the world when it came to basketball and with that came you know the celebrations at the end and there was a gentleman who had a Croatian flag which you know which was one of the republics of Yugoslavia obviously but it wasn't about in my opinion it was it shouldn't have been about you know this different republics respectively it should have been a beautiful day for Yugoslav basketball and Vlade Divac was celebrating with his team a gentleman runs on with the Croatian flag and Vlade out of sheer you know youthful still 22 at the time not realizing that the incident that he would cause by doing this um, he saw he took the Croatian flag off the gentleman and threw it away in a sign of unity for the country of Yugoslavia. Now, you know, I would also argue that, you know, Croatia is part of them seven, back then it was six republics. So as a result of that, you know, it was a, it was difficult. It was a, it was, it was a situation that probably shouldn't have happened. That, that gentleman should not have been allowed on the court with the flag. Um, but at the same time, Vlade should not have thrown the flag away. He should have been a bit more, um, maybe, understanding of the situation, which he, you know, he he, he admits to himself. If if you want to get, you know, a, a, a good look at Vlade's thinking, I'd highly recommend the Once Brothers um, 30 for 30 by ESPN. Truly, truly phenomenal work. Um, credit to everyone who made that. And from there, you know, you have Vlade and Drajan and... This was sort of a precursor into the, the tensions that would start rising in Yugoslavia itself. And their relationship, which was once like brothers, um, to coin, you know, the Once Brothers documentary, um, it was once like brothers, it became a very distant, very frayed relationship just because of that. And yeah, it was it was a shame because, you know, these guys were, and I say they were poetry on the court, they were poetry on the court. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Drajan in the next episode, but as we, as most of you will know, Drajan Petrovic died a very, very young age of, of 28, you know, in a car accident in Munich, Germany. So with that, you know, Vlade and Drajan never really got to reconcile after the fact of, of that, of that incident happening. And it was such a shame that it happened like it did. Um, a lot of people say that was probably the precursor to a lot of tensions rising within the country, you know, a Serbian man throwing the Croatian flag on the floor. But, you know, I think it was just, it should have been a day about Yugoslavia, which it was and it was turned into a political event as most actions are, unfortunately, nowadays. Um, so, Vlade, in hindsight, I think knows he shouldn't have done that. But one thing I would recommend absolutely is just go... If you want to see five-out basketball run properly, if you want to see this pace and space game that's now in the NBA, I know it's crazy to say, guys, but a lot of those principles were in the Yugoslav national team in 1990. I think that's, honestly, I think that was probably the pinnacle of European basketball when it came to an international team because I have never seen a team play that well. 
ever seen a team so in harmony. I mean, it helps, you know, they probably had more time together than national teams do nowadays. But at the same time, honestly, it was just a brilliant, brilliant joy to watch. And I highly, highly, highly recommend you try and find that tape on YouTube. So, to move on to Vlade and his prime in the NBA itself. He, this really started once Magic and James Worthy retired from the Lakers. Uh, he got a more prominent role within the offense, alongside eventually young guys like Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, guys like Cedric Ceballos and the head coaching of uh, Del Harris. And this is where Vlade sort of came into the forefront of being this really excellent player. He had his best season in the NBA during this time, averaging 16 points, 2.2 blocks a game, 1.4 steals a game, 4.1 assists a game, and 10.4 rebounds a game. You know, with over 50% shooting and 78% from the line, which, you know, back then having a center who shoots that well, was a huge 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 plus for the lakers and for any team in the nba you know further on in the years we'll see the likes of you know shaq get fouled in end game situations and whatnot so having a guy that you can't pick on at the five when it comes to free throw situation was huge and it was uh, honestly i think you know as a, as a Lakers fan, I think those days really harken back to the days where we were watching, you know, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and stuff. Nowadays, you know, it's just a really fun young team to root for, you know, they're overachieved, you know, more so than what these guys in the 2010s did. But, you know, we're more so just a, like a beautiful story like these guys and having a guy like Vlade there, you know, to take up a lot of the um, mantle there was really, really huge. And it, it, it really put the Lakers not instead to win a title, but, you know, kept them in the conversation of being one of the better teams in the West, the team that would make the playoffs, that would, you know, that would battle, you know, they, they, they weren't expected to pull up any trees, but Vlade was definitely a big, big part of those teams. And, you know, with the Lakers, as we all know, in 1996, they swung for the fences and got that home run in Shaquille O'Neal which then left a, a big void, you know, for Vlade, because as, as a lot of you guys know, you know, he's not going to be starting over Shaq, you know, top 10 player of all time. Um, so with that, he had to be traded. And we, we all know, you know, where he went. He got traded on draft night to the Charlotte Hornets for the draft rights of one... Kobe Bean Bryant, I think he turned out to be a pretty decent player. <laughs> but, you know, that, I think that shows you just what type of said Vlade was in within the NBA, you know, especially in, in that period, because that, that shows you, you know, just how much, you know, pe people coveted a guy like Vlade, a really, really good, you know, starting center in the NBA, who arguably, in my opinion, should have made more than the one all-star appearance that we did. But we'll get to accolades at the end. Um, so... The period, the peak of Vlade's powers in, in LA, you know, it, it was it was massive. Not really having the greatest team, but for sure a really fun team to watch. 
a, a team that you know was really easy to root for and I think you know put him in good standing as a good really good option as you start in center but let's not get it twisted if you can go out and get Shaquille O'Neal you should go get Shaquille O'Neal but again you know Vlade really 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 showed out you know wherever he's been and was apparently a consummate professional whilst he was in Charlotte was there for two years you know was a starting center there is uh, he, he played less minutes um, at times during in the Charlotte run? It wasn't really a focal point as much because of Alonzo Mourning, um, but at the same time, it was you know it was a it was a good experience for him. I think you know playing in a team like Charlotte's. Um, but in 1998, he did leave. Uh, he went to where, arguably alongside the Lakers, I'd say he's just as well known for being part of the Sacramento Kings. And from there is where the next part of the story begins. This is where you can argue that Vlade had his best years in the NBA, especially when it com comes to terms to being a competitive force within the association with the team that he had, you know, with the Sacramento Kings. Especially once you get to the end of the 90s, and especially when you're going into the beginning of the 2000s, you know, with the likes of his uh, his countryman Peja Stojakovic, Hido Turkoglu, who also has Balkan roots, may I add? <laughs> Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, you know, that team so deep with also Doug Christie, I'm forgetting to add there. A, a team that was really, in my opinion, I'd argue probably the second best team in the NBA, but really just unfortunate during that time that, you know, they were in the same conference as the Lakers, and we all know just how dominant that Lakers team was in the early 2000s. But even so, Sacramento really, really put up a great fight against them. Vlade leading the way um, with Peja, with Chris, you know, those three, I'd argue, were the three best players on that team. And uh, no disrespect to the rest of them, you know, Hido Turkoglu was still young. Mike Bibby was a really good player. Jason Williams, really good player. Doug Christie, good player. But I think those three were above the others. Um, but in that terms, like, Vlade was a guy who, you know, maybe didn't defend really well, but offensively gave you a lot of problems. You could run the offense for him for the point, which, you know, was rare even now for a center. You know, you have a handful of those in the NBA. A guy whose legacy will be known for those Sacramento teams. Um, and, you know, the, the 2002 was really where... They were the, the the pinnacle of Sacramento, you know. They led the league in wins. They faced the Lakers. They came to blows. 
in a seventh game series that was for the ages i'd argue probably in my opinion it's my favorite series outside of the boston series in 2010 with la a, a beautiful beautiful just a, an absolute slugfest of a series that you know neither team really deserved to lose and if, if we had 15 games with those two uh, I, I would have certainly really really enjoyed it and I feel like that was the end of Vlade really at the peak of his powers um, in 2002 3 we, we saw a decline um, from him um, he, he still played you know 2002 2003 304 he still played he still played all the games um, he was really a, a really durable player for most of the time in the NBA um, very seldom missed a few games but you saw, you saw his minutes dwindle and then also Sacramento wasn't as good as in 2001-02 so with that you know to, 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 to match what he had it was difficult you know, if they were ever going to win, they were going to win in 2002 and the Lakers just overcame it, whether you want to debate whether it's through dubious means or not. And then his last year in the NBA was in 2004 or 5, where he came back to the Lakers to finish his career. And he, he was bugged with the in, riddled with injuries that year, only played 15 games. Um, a real shame, you know, a great, great player coming to terms with the end of that. But I do need to touch on Vlade in a different aspect next. So, as we near the end of this first podcast of Balcambo, I just want to do a quick summary on Vlade, a guy who I'd argue, you know, you probably wouldn't put anywhere close to the top European players that have ever played in the NBA. But I'd argue he's certainly one of the most important two or three players to have played in the NBA. If you look at the path of trailblazing, the path from Europe in particular, the Balkans to the NBA, the style of basketball that he brought with him from Europe... You know, we have to mention the, the funny side, which is the flopping, um, which he became renowned for. You know, I know you guys have been waiting for that part of the podcast. Um, but yeah, he was, Vardy was a special player, man. And, you know, it was a shame that, you know, there's a lot of players that, you know, we can go through the years and we'll get onto a couple more in this series, you know. All five, I think, if they played in, in, in today's NBA, you'd see them have, bigger stars than they were you know in their times and you know there's nothing wrong with their careers their careers are phenomenal and there's one huge part that I have to mention you know he gets a lot of flack for his time as leader of basketball operations in Sacramento but he was the first European guy to lead a basketball team from the front office and that, that can't be understated either just how important it is to break the barriers you know I'm not just having American guys there all the time or, you know, it's, it was a really important hire because for European guys that are over here, it gives them a chance to go, look, this could be me one day. You know, I could work for an NBA franchise like that. So 
with Vlade, you know, he's a very, very, very important figure in ex-Yugoslavian and Balkan basketball, even to this day. Um, like I said, watch Vlade Divac play and then you'll see where Jokic got his style of basketball from. So Jokic, I think, has taken it to another level. He's really, really phenomenal. Um, and also that Yugoslavia team that he was part of, he was really important to that. I know they were stacked, but Vlade allowed them to play basketball, you know, without a true point guard at times, you know, because he was that point guard. You know, you had Tukukoc, who also was a point who could be a guard, who could bring the, you know, play the point. And you had Dran Petrovic, and, you know, they all played off each other so well. And Vlade really, really is, in my opinion, like I said, he had to be the first one, because I thought he's a trailblazer, in my opinion. Um, he is the guy who set, you know, the precedent of European guys coming over, you know and really really starting and playing well for playoff teams and teams that were a juggernaut in the nba you know like the kings who just came across to the lakers you know at the wrong time so yeah this is the first episode vlade divats in the books guys i've really really enjoyed this um this one wasn't particularly long only about 38 minutes or so there'll be a possibility that they will go a little bit longer than this especially once we get into you know sorry Drajan Petrovic which is the next episode so please be please 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 take your time to actually pay close attention to when that next episode drops I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who supported this venture so far who's been really supportive I want to thank you the audience for listening if you can be so gracious to leave us a five-star review on the Lakers side chats feed i would really really appreciate that if you have any recommendations if there's anything any play that may have missed out you know once you hear these episodes please let me know i'd love to make an episode about that player as well um, this is a new format for me so all encouragement and recommendations will be high um and just a disclaimer before we sign off as a lot of you know you know obviously this is the Lakerside side chats feed Without Vladi Divac, I'm not a Lakers fan, <laughs> you know. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we're in still in a pandemic, guys. So please take care of yourselves and and have a good evening. Have a good morning wherever you are. Whenever the time you're listening, take care.